Hello everybody and welcome to the episode number 82 and today we have another amazing guest and that's Lisa Della Dora. Uh, Lisa is an Italian graduate in architecture. Uh, she lived for a few years in Berlin with her husband, back then boyfriend. They know each other from a long time. It's a really nice love story. And they lived in Berlin. They moved there from Italy where they're originally from. But after having a few jobs, uh, first as a landscape architect, then as an archivist artist, they were missing home. So they figured out a way to keep their jobs and move back to the origins. And she started a podcast, a podcast in Italian, uh, which is about archivists and it's called Renderit. Um, and through that, through that podcast, she got some connections, some opportunities, she got the visibility. And that's how she started teaching at MADI, which is a master for archivists at the UF, which is the university in Venice. Uh, and that to open up for her uh, this amazing opportunity while keeping her job, uh, she could teach too. Uh, she had this podcast. And in between that, they, uh, together with her husband, they also had a child. And for me, it's super remarkable how she managed to have uh, this young boy and also juggle between all these activities. And she's very passionate, very um, powerful about her creative activities. So I think it was a really, really interesting conversation. And I think you can get a lot of inspiration uh, out of it um, if you listen through. Um, yeah, so um, thank you very much for listening once again. And I want to remind you that uh, if you like the Creative Insider, if we bring you some value, um, you can just scroll down wherever you're listening, check some of the links and decide to support us. And if you want some super insider um, content and be a real insider, check out the link to subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you very much. Enjoy the conversation. Lisa, how are you? Hi, hi, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. What about you? I'm good too. I'm super happy to be talking about you uh, because um, I, you've been a sort of a follower of the podcast and I didn't notice that. And then <laughs> I saw you were following the podcast and then I was like, she's really interesting. I have to talk to her. So tell the people what you do, uh, introduce yourself and then we go through through your creative life. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I try to follow what I think is interesting. And I think your podcast is really interesting. And um, I know some people that have been on it already. And many of them I don't know. So that's even more interesting for me. Uh, so I'm Lisa. I'm Lisa Della Dora. I'm, I'm Italian. Uh, I'm, I'm a 3D artist. I would say I'm a senior 3D artist because I'm getting older right now, but I'm also a teacher. I teach uh, I, and I am the art director of the 
you have postgraduate master of in architectural visualization that is called MADI at the University of Venice. And I also teach another course at the Brave Art Academy. And let me think what else I do. I am a, I don't know, a blogger or something like that. I have a, a project, that, a podcast, so to say, yeah, that it's called Render It. And, but it started as a, a blog podcast, but it's turning more into a community. And that's something that I love about it. So yeah, there is my job as a 3D artist at Bloom Images. Then there is the UF, then there is the Brave Art, and then there is Render It. And I'm also mom. I'm mom to a two years old boy. Yes, for me, everything uh, was uh, very remarkable. Everything that you do. Uh, and the most remarkable thing for me is that you do everything that you do by being a mom. And um, <laughs> and uh, one thing that I really, you know, also loved uh, about um, the opportunity to talk with you on the podcast is that in the beginning, I didn't have many girls on the podcast. And mm -hmm. the reason it's because all the girls I've asked, they didn't. Um, wanted to or um, <laughs> or because I just didn't know any girls and yeah. um, and then I'm now you know by now there are many more episodes so it's easier to get girls on the podcast and I love when I get like some super kick-ass girl like you so that <laughs> the, the girls that are listening to the podcast cannot say anything and cannot uh, <laughs> say that uh, I I really I really try to and um, I'm glad you accepted uh, but my pleasure it's interesting to start from from the real beginning to see how you how you arrive where you are now so for mm -hmm. i always start with a question what was the reason in your life the moment in your life where you told i can be a creative for a profession i i guess you studied architecture um yeah. why did you think you wanted to be an architect is it because somebody in a family or what is the reason well, uh, it, it's weird because I don't think there was a moment for me. I mean, I've always been really into photography because my my father was really into it. He's actually a doctor. So it's not that nobody's creative, so to say, in my family, like as a job. Uh, but um, yeah, I've always been in, into photography. I mean, he, he gifted me an, an analogic camera when I was 16 years old. So... Uh, that also helped my passion. Uh, but actually, when I started uh, university, I started to become also something medical related. I did one year at the uni. And also, I, I also did all the exams that I had to do. And uh, my marks were pretty good, but it was not exciting. Um, and uh, that's a bit embarrassing, but at that point, Facebook just uh, started to be a thing. And uh, there were some friends of mine attending the architectural university in Venice. And I saw some photos of them doing the workshops and doing those things all together, being creative together. And I thought, oh my God, that's so interesting. Why is what I'm doing right now is so boring? So actually there was, I, I think maybe that was the moment for me, but that's a, a bit embarrassing because, yeah, uh, that my, the reason is because some photos on Facebook, actually. <laughs> but well, maybe also, some, yeah, yeah, I have to be sincere about that. No, uh, that, that's, so, <laughs> that's a reasonable reason. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I was young. I like to have fun. And um, I thought that architecture was funny. Then I started it and it was not that funny anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so actually I moved to that. Uh, so I started one year later compared to my fellow friends. Um, but yeah, I started in Venice. Uh, I did my bachelor there and then my master. And, uh, and, and that, that was it. Actually, when I, when I finished my bachelor, I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to be an architect <laughs> and that might be a problem. And I was actually thinking about coming back to what I was studying before because I found being an architect a bit boring. Um, so I was not excited about planning. And I thought, I mean, I'm studying architecture and I don't like designing. That's my, that might be a problem. But then I was talking to my father and my family and they say, yeah, well, you're here. Maybe you should consider finishing what you started and then you think about it. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. And I finished and um, during my master thesis, I met uh, the first mentor, so to say, that was um, the, the, the professor that was following me through the thesis. And it was Benno Albrecht, he's now the dean of the U of University. And it was different because uh, at university, I really, really didn't get along with my professor that much. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You've been to, you've been studying in Italy too. I don't know um, if you can relate to that, but uh, you always, they always make you feel like you know nothing and you have to be an architect for 40 years before you can say anything and things like that. And I don't, I don't know. I'm really stubborn and I don't like people telling me what to do. So it was uh, interesting, uh, my time at the uni. I don't, talk, I don't talk too much about my professors on the podcast because uh, I noticed in the beginning... They might that, listening? Uh, yeah, no, I noticed that they don't say often very nice um, things about them. Or I always say that my experience in Italy was... Uh, good but not as good as the one in German because I came here as Erasmus student and yeah. uh, I was like okay maybe I should stop talking shit about the professors because maybe they will <laughs> ask them to get uh, away my degree <laughs> and so I was like <laughs> no I, I don't think so no but it, it's like that I mean and it reflects on the architectural field afterwards I mean I, I know a, a lot of young architects and I know how much they are struggling and I know the mentality in Italy in architecture it's still a bit old old and it's still a bit i don't know you have to work they are really like well they're, they're you have to be old enough to have your word uh mean something so yeah the main uh, the main problem is that you said as you said that you i was thinking about it you weren't excited about becoming an architect is because there is a big disconnection between the university and the professional world. Yeah. Um, unless you don't have some, I don't know, acquaintances or maybe some yeah. member, family member. And also you say this um, downgrading by the professors. Um, yeah. I don't know. It feels like it's a, uh, you know, a loop because they do mm -hmm. it to you. Then you become a professor. You do it to the others. <laughs> yeah. It goes on and yeah, on. Yeah, that's something I'm really trying to 
change by being the professor that I would like to have had at the time. So I'm maybe a bit too much easygoing with my students, but uh, I mean, they're also more or less the same age as me is right now. So, and um, yeah, I, I try to change things uh, when I can. And actually Benno Albrecht was a really good mentor at that point. Uh, um, and this professor... He, he was a visionary, yeah. This professor, he's, he doesn't sound like he has an Italian name. And how was he different? Uh, he's Italian. Oh, he's, he's Italian. Italian. Okay. Uh, but um, he's different because uh, he's not the typical you have old style professor. Even if he's not that young anymore. <laughs> Sorry, prof, but uh, you're not. And he's the dean now. So, I mean, he... he He's a smart guy, and um, I don't know, we did this visionary thesis about how the, the world is changing, what is going to happen if something uh, is going to change. Like my thesis was about the uh, rising level of the oceans and the seas, and in my case, my study was about what would happen to Tokyo, for example, because we went to Tokyo for a workshop together. And uh, it was mainly about research and renders. So it was the perfect thing for me, even if I was really bad at the time at renders. But uh, I had my fellow student, Marco, and we, we did develop the, the, the renders together in SketchUp at that point. But uh, so, yeah, that's how it started for me, uh, getting to know the world of uh, visualization. And then I met Andrea at that point, my then boyfriend and now husband. And he was like uh, a monster of visualization. He was the guy to go to if you wanted to know something about visualization back then. Still sketch up, but uh, he, I mean, I can show you his thesis afterwards and his visualization back then was so cool already. He can come back so to I the podcast too. So we have the whole family. Yeah, yeah, I will let him know. I will let him know. I'm sure he will be happy. He's a bit even more, I think, I'm shy. Maybe he's a bit more shy than me, but I think he will be happy. Well, and you don't look shy so far, so. I don't look shy. <laughs> it depends. I told you, I'm shy in environment that I don't know and things that are not interested. If something interests me, then I I'm not that shy. And... Um, and yeah, that, that was it. And when we we finished the university together, actually me and Andrea graduated on the same day, um, we decided not even to search for a job in Italy. Mm. And uh, he did his Erasmus in Berlin when we just started uh, seeing each other. So I visited him uh, many times because I couldn't stay away. And uh, Berlin seems super nice, you know, it was summer, uh, so it was nicer. And um, yeah, we decided, I don't know at, at which point, but at some point we decided that we would have searched job there. And so that's what we did. We, we spent that, that summer um, working at the Biennale as underpaid interns, but it was really nice also to have it on our curriculum. And um, we started preparing our portfolios. I think we sent, I don't know, maybe a hundred applications each. And um, yeah, I apply as, as an architect. I was searching for landscape architectural offices because I liked that a bit more. 
And also I was searching for a job in the competition field uh, because I knew that that was where you were going to get be able to work a bit more in visualizations, but I was really not able to do visualization back then. I, but I was into it already, even if I didn't know it was a job. So we moved to Berlin and we found a job. As uh, already as um, uh, artist, at least him, or you were first architect? He, he, he actually, he also applied, I think, to, I don't know, it was really a lot uh, of studios. And uh, he also did a lot of interviews as an architect, but he applied just to one place that was doing visualization, and that was Bloom Images. And he got the job right away. And I told him, think about it twice, because maybe if you start in that field, you will never be able to move back to architecture. And he was actually good at designing and he also liked it that like that so i thought he was going to miss architecture so actually he never looked back he's still working there after almost eight, eight years so it was a good choice for him actually it happened the other way around you joined him in that field um but yeah but i i have for example a colleague of mine who did the transition like uh, after many years in the archivist he moved to to architecture and i always tell mm -hmm. him why did you move you were the one that like you were doing the fun part like um yeah. the images um, um but um he says like no i want to see uh, something that i designed to be built and i okay. I, always, I always say like you always um think that uh, the other side is uh, is better um okay so yeah but the the word is cool because there are so many different point of views so yes. it makes sense so but um i i always i've been always an observer of this world uh because i discovered it but um when i came to germany uh i came here as an erasmus student as i told you because i was already mm -hmm. i i wasn't so patient as you guys i was like already the third year of my university i was like this is not gonna work out if i stay here so i'll try <laughs> to go to germany make some friends and maybe go back and then i never came back uh yeah. to italy and um when i found my first jobs i uh, was like oh my god they even paying me to do this stuff and <laughs> when i was like 25 yeah. or 26 there was the first yeah. built building i was like this is crazy and then i hated even more the professors uh, in italy because <laughs> I was trying to look what they have built and they didn't build anything. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, and so you moved to Berlin and how was this um, moving to Berlin? Because I know what is moving to Frankfurt and I also moved kind of in summer was the beginning mm -hmm. of September. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> so when did you move? And, uh, what can I say? I also moved in September. Uh, so I moved. It was already winter <laughs> almost because, you know, after August is already winter. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I never lived abroad and I'm really sad that I never uh, did an Erasmus or anything. And that's a regret that I have. Um, so I, I, I don't know, maybe I wasn't ready. I wasn't, I don't know. It was not that good for me. I mean, the job was good and they were paying me and uh, I was working a lot, maybe too much. 
But uh, I wasn't happy. And um, after a year and a half, I decided that that was too much for me. I was working on the 1st of May. I was working on weekends. I was working on nights. I was working 70 hours a week. And I was, I mean, that could be an option for someone starting. But if you're passionate about it, I wasn't even passionate about it because as I told you, designing was not my, my, my thing. So I was working in the competition team of this landscape architectural office um, and they were doing super nice stuff, but that was not what I like to do. And uh, then I decided that uh, that was not for me. And also the city, you know, moving to Berlin in autumn, winter could be pretty tough. And also, I don't know, I, I, I told you I'm stubborn. So I decided if we move to Berlin, we're not going to, I don't know, to, to search just for other Italians to go out with. Um, so it, it, get, it got a bit lonely because in my office, everybody was speaking German except of me. And we were 40 something people. So our friends, only friends at that time were the guys we were going to school with in the evenings. We were studying German. But uh, yeah, for me, it was never my happy place, Berlin, unfortunately. And um, I don't know, I, I think I started with the wrong foot, so to say, and it never got better. So I was always planning to move back to Italy. Um, but yeah, I, at some point after a year, a year and a half, I decided to, to search for something else. And I was scared because uh, I started for, from, 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 from nothing because I had zero experience when I started there. And actually I got a job and I did uh, my, I started as um, a junior or an intern, I don't know, maybe, yeah, I think it was an internship at first. And then they got me a real contract. So saying no to that, coming from Italy, you know, I was like, are you crazy or something? But that was not what, I was not happy there. So it was uh, really tough for me. And so I was kind of depressed and I was talking to Andrea and say, I have to find something else, but I was so insecure and my self-esteem was so low that I, I wouldn't imagine anyone else wanted me. But then I say, okay, I mean, I'm 26, seven, something like that at that point. Uh, if I don't do it now, then I will never do it. So I did it and I start searching for another job and with a really embarrassing portfolio back then, um, I sent it to almost every archivist related thing there was in Berlin, except for Bloom Images. That was the deal with Andrea we wouldn't have worked in the same office. Um, but actually, I mean, Berlin is not London. I mean, it's not like you have that much of a choice. It was like five off studios or something. But I was uh, lucky. I mean, uh, maybe not only lucky, but I think really lucky uh, that I found images on my way. And at that point, uh, Justus Etemeyer was the, the CEO and the founder. I think he left the company now, but he was an amazing, he is an amazing person, but I haven't seen him in a while, still is, I guess. Um, and I remember uh, sending him this very embarrassing portfolio and he got back to me 
and told me your portfolio is different i was like yeah it's ugly <laughs> i don't know and no i was like it's really different i think you have a good eye even if you don't know the softwares that's something you can always learn but uh, having a good eye and uh, it's something i cannot teach you so he offered me to start from scratch again so i started as uh, an intern probably again i was into the modeling team at the beginning so they were really teaching me the the, the software actually the 3ds max they were building the library of the office back then so i was working on that and with my other mentor that is Michi, he taught me everything i know from 3ds max he was a colleague of mine and he's one of the most patient person I know in the world, I think. Um, I did that for five, six months. And uh, after that, I said to Eustace, uh, can I please start making images, <laughs> right? I think uh, that would be funnier than making 3D models. And um, and then he said, yes, why, why, why don't we try that? But actually his idea was to uh, placing me in the exterior team because in they are pretty structured. And if they have the interior team, they have the exterior team, the 3D artist, the Photoshop artist and project managers and blah, blah, blah. And he was thinking about placing me in the exterior team because I was coming from a landscape architectural background. But I actually, I, I've always been more into interiors. And I said, can I please try into interiors? And he said, yes. And um, I mean, it, 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 it was amazing. And I started. It worked out pretty nicely. And I'm still doing a lot of interiors after... I don't know, six, seven years or something. But um, are you still at Eve Images also? or No. No, I moved back uh, after three years in Berlin. Uh, Berlin was too much for me. And I've always been homesick. Actually, when I was in here in Italy, I always said, no, I want to leave. I want to go away. And then when I went away, I said, no, I want to go home. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I don't know why, but I've, I've really been homesick, uh, even if it's not that far, uh, but it's very different. Um, so after three years, uh, me and Andrea, we decided to come back, to move back to Italy. And at that point, we were, I don't know, thinking about starting freelancing, maybe building something on our own. I mean, we thought that would be our only option to, to keep doing this job. And um, both me and him, when we went to our bosses, uh, we told them, I'm sorry, guys, we're going back to Italy. We can't stay here no more. Um, and we both got offered to work remotely. And it was mind-blowing for us because... I mean, right now, working from home, it's nothing that fancy or special, but it was four years ago, and it was not that common, actually. So, And we had our other colleagues asking something like that and not getting that opportunity. So we were really grateful for that because we were not expe ex expecting that. So we started finding out how to do that, 
uh, because we, we thought, I mean, it's another country. We, we moved back to Italy. But actually, we found out since we are both in the U, uh, European community, we could still be employed, but living in another country. So it was a lot of bureaucratic stuff. It took, took us, I think, uh, six months to figure it out. But it's working pretty good. And I moved back to Italy working for Eve. And I worked back uh, moved back to Italy working from for Bloom but uh, I don't know we moved back in July we married in September and in October we started working again we took a bit of time off but in January I, I, I started to understanding that it was not working for me because since Eve is um, is so, I mean, I know that now it's it's working way better because uh, I know that a lot of people from there are moving and working from other places. But I was the only one back then. Um, there was another colleague of mine, but she was a senior. She's been working there ages, so it was different for her. And uh, for me, it was not not working. And uh, also that, that January, we had a bit of a low of work. So I had a, lot, a bit of time off to, to think and to plan stuff. Um, so I decided to apply to Bloom. Andrea was worried. <laughs> I was worried too. Uh, but I think that at that point, they were searching for someone that had a bit more um, skills into interior images and these kind of things. So they said yes. And I said, thank you. <laughs> and after four years, I'm still working with them. So I think it worked out pretty well. So you broke all the rules about not working together because you work yes. together and you yes. work like physically together yes. the whole day. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but at that point we were in the same room anyway. So I say it makes no difference if we're working for the same company or not. So I, yeah, I was yeah. thinking it would have been funny if you were working on like the image for some competition, but you work yeah. like for the same competition, but he works on the side of the Bloom <laughs> client and you on the Eve client and you have to hide each other's screen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that actually never happened because uh, Eve never, uh, almost never worked in competition. So uh, luckily, we never had this conflict of interest. But um, yeah, it, it, I mean, we were keeping things very separate back then. Right now, we, we share really everything. <laughs> yeah, and um, um, I was uh, wondering because a lot of a lot of the times when I go to, I was telling you that I'm a more an observer of this world because I mm -hmm. think it's cool. I mean, because you guys make our work look way cooler than we we had <laughs> we would have time for, and um, and uh, there are in all the offices there are these um, sort of senior senior archivist artists and not junior. What is the mm -hmm. whole what is the whole thing because like um what makes you senior or junior is just depending on the company or is it what you can do or is it like yeah, what? yeah i think it, it depends on the experience you have i mean it's it's also time wise i mean if you're doing this job of, for five years successfully then you're a senior I, I would say but um like for us at bloom since um the artists take care of a lot of things, um, the 3D, 
the post-production, also the communication with the client. So that's something that makes a difference. If you're able to do everything on your own, if you need some support, some project management on, on, on top of you or something like that. So I think uh, it depends on how much you can handle the pressure and the, every aspect of this job. So that in our case, this was this is what makes a senior, I would say. But theoretically, if you're some Arquivist wizard, you can burn the time. In, uh... Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've seen many people doing amazing images, but uh, you also have to consider that um, when you're working for yourself, when you're doing personal projects, I also do a lot of personal projects, but not a lot. I used to. When I have time, I do them too. But... Um, that's different because you don't have to have anybody's feedback and you have all the time that you want. But I've seen people doing being amazing and creating images for their own, but not being able to answer the the client expectation, communicate effectively, effectively with the client. So it depends on the, on the office because there are offices where it's so structured that you don't need those, all those skills, you know. It, I think it's it's character related, person related. What what fits you better? For me, I told you I'm stubborn and I really don't like people telling me what you do. So I like to take care of everything. Of course, I have still people telling me what to do. My client, my bosses, my colleagues. It's not like I'm on my own. I know that, but I can take care of stuff. And uh, I know that my bosses trust me and my client trusts me most of the time. Uh, so actually, I think that's what makes uh, a senior. I mean, there are, there are things that you can learn just by doing and just by doing them for quite a long time. You can do amazing images, but if you cannot understand what your client is asking you, what they want, then you are an amazing artist, but not maybe cut for the fields like working with clients and i mean it, it's it's different i mean it, it's a nice job but it's not always that funny i mean yeah i mean probably you have the um, like because i'm now an architect in the um, executive side of the whole thing so basically mm -hmm. my whole work it's 50 percent of my work is to just uh talk to people and you mm -hmm. know mediate and coordinate and uh yeah and uh yeah so you guys probably have a little bit because you have only one sort of say person to talk which is the mm -hmm. architects which are i know that they're annoying because we annoy you we <laughs> <laughs> we do these stupid drawings in our pdf software <laughs> and, and, no and come on with comments like make it more like bluish <laughs> yeah. let's not start about start talking about blue skies and interior images please <laughs> yes um but um and uh, yeah so i guess this is a not uh like even if you're a senior you still have a lot of time to work on actual like images and uh, be a little bit more on hands-on and at at what point uh, so i guess you guys live somewhere close to venice yeah it's uh i was born in padua and it's 40 kilometers from venice and we're living in the countryside i would say it's it, it's really nice it's a thermal place so you should come visit it's called Abano Terme. 
it's a nice place to live. And it, we get by train to Venice in 30 minutes or so. So it's good. I've never been to Venice. That's a shame on me because I've, oh, wow. I've been so, I've only passed by Venice, but I've never been um, in, That's in, in, in Venice. I've been in Padua though. Uh, ah, you see, you see, <laughs> I mean, it's a really cool city, huh? Um, yeah, I, I think people were looking very funny at me because I have a Roman accent when I speak. Um, yes, you do. And, and people in, <laughs> in there were like, oh, you're from Rome. Um, but how started the whole thing with the, with the um, university? How did the opportunity present itself to, to study this uh, or you initiated uh, this? That's a, good, that's a good question. I don't know. No, I mean, uh, I think that everything um, started because of Render It. Uh, because when I started Render it, it, I told you it started. I mean, what it is Render it. Render it is started as some kind of interviews, like what you're doing right now with me. But say the whole Do story. I, how you, you? Because what is the reason of you? <laughs> because it, it, it's like people don't start doing interviews after out of nowhere. Like I said no. it many times, I, I love podcasts and I listen yeah. to thousands of podcasts, including yours. Yeah. I've listened to some of the first. <laughs> Uh, podcast i have to say yeah. i'm not anymore a very like um i don't listen all the episodes but i was one of the first <laughs> listeners so i was one of those first few and how yeah. did you is it the, the name is also funny because it means render it like in english but it's also render yeah. italy it yeah. it's like the italian exactly. thing uh yeah. so tell me what was your uh, flow of your mind uh, when you were thinking about even starting something like that? So it happened at that time when I told you that I was thinking a lot when I was about to leave Eve. Um, because at that point it was me and Andrea and I knew nobody doing this job in Italy. And I, we were both used to work in two kind of big offices surrounded by other people doing the same job and it, it's different, you know, working from home. It's still, I'm lucky because it's me and Andrea, I'm not alone, but it's, it's not the same. And in Italy, we know nobody. The only person that I knew in Italy was uh, Fabio Dagnano, who is the director of the MADI uh, at the U of University, because it, he was also a professor of mine during the university. And um, I don't know, I think... Um, uh, I, when I when I decide to do something, I just do it. That's something that um, makes me very different from my husband, for example. He's an overthinker, and I actually just go with the flow. I don't overthink stuff. Maybe sometimes I should, uh, but I usually never do. So one morning, um, I told him, I think I should do something like that. I want to do something like that, interviewing people, knowing their stories, knowing people that are doing this job in Italy or are Italian and are doing this job and trying to connect those people because uh, there is such a big Italian community, but there was not a real community. There was no connection between these dogs, you know? And I was curious also because I knew nothing about the Italian market and... Um, yeah, so those were the reasons. I felt a bit lonely and uh, uh, I was mainly curious. So I thought, who should I start with? And my first um, 
idea was Fabio Palvelli that uh, I am sure you you know. And yeah, he was, doing he was on like our that. on our podcast. He was on my podcast too, but he was like around episode 30 something maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah and uh since he was already doing something like that in english with his d2 conference channel i thought i, I should ask him the permission to do something like him was doing and uh, also is is italian and uh, i decided to do this in italian because um i know that italians are still struggling with english many times so i thought okay maybe i should do them a favor and make it easier for them and more accessible uh and that's how it started i think i thought about it a morning i think it was a friday and on sunday i was already interviewing uh fabio i had no logo i had no idea i think i was brainstorming a lot with Andrea about the name. I think at some point he wanted it to be called Render Pizza. I said, no, please. <laughs> so it was funny. Uh, but yeah, and, and then I, I didn't know where this could have led me. Like I just started it. I told you, I don't overthink stuff. So I just started doing it, talking to people. That's something that uh, it's pretty easy for me. And um And that was it. So I think that now we are more than 40 interviews, something like that in. And that led me to get so many connections in this field in Italy and uh, also to create a community. I think a couple of years ago, I also started a Facebook group um, for the Italian community. And we are like 600 there. And I mean, 600 Italian people doing this job. It's a lot of people in my opinion. And um, also then I started an Instagram account just to share Italian amazing artists, their work and everything, job offers, and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's growing and I don't know where it's going to, to let me still. <clears throat> But I think that's, that's the reason why I got my job at the, at the uni because one of the person that I was interviewing at, the, at that point was one of the first ones was also Fabio Dagnano. That was the, is still the director of the master. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. At some point last year, he called me and it's last summer. He called me and he said, would you like to join? And then, of course, you have to, to see if they are, uh, the university accepts you. You have, I mean, you still have to, to do stuff. But he had this idea to add me to the team. Um, because of the connection that I had also because I do this job every day. So, so rendering led me to that. I think, I don't know what, it, without rendering, I don't think uh, with well, render it, I don't think I would be also at Madi. And um, yeah, what, I think this what is, is how it went down. What is your role there? Like, um, are you a, uh, i don't know there are so many roles in the university like associate <laughs> so professor I, professor no, I, i don't know yeah I, i have to check on my contract because i i don't know they call me prof so i think i'm a professor but um i get uh every year a contract mm -hmm. so every year i have to kind of pass an exam to to be accepted again You're uh, like a but, football um, player, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're always on the edge. Will it be in? Will it not? And um, so the idea. I mean, I, I teach, so I I hold a Corona course, Corona render, 
um, mainly on the basics, how to do behaviors and these kind of things. And uh, but that's the, the 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 smallest part, I would say. But the main thing is that I help the students uh, with their internships and with their portfolios. So I give them, it's not only me, but that's also what I do. Uh, so giving them feedback on the images, uh, helping them developing their portfolio, and then uh, following them and supporting them while searching for their internship. And uh, last year I was uh, being briefed and I was learning how to do it. And this year I think uh, I know a bit more <laughs> what I'm doing, but um, it, it's really exciting. Um, and that's also something I share with Andrea too, because he's also teaching there. So it's also, that is a kind of family thing, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's amazing also because um, seeing some of them starting from zero and getting where they, they're getting is mesmerizing. Also because more, many of them come from previous experiences, working as an architect, not being satisfied with what we're doing. Uh, we also have engineers, we have designers, we have people from every range of age. I mean, the youngest could be 25, 24, because it's a second, uh, second degree. So you have to have at least um, a master degree to, to get into that. But uh, it's amazing because it's a pool of Italian artists. It's not only Italians, because this year we have a guy from Brazil, we have a girl from Austria. So it's, it's getting, it's getting interesting uh, and it's been running for more than 10 years. And uh, so how, it's, how it's, does it work this master? How long it is? Um, how long? So it's a, it's a proper um, university postgraduate master. So it, it lasts one year. You have, we start lessons and courses at the end of November. So we just started this year. Uh, we had the kickoff last week and we finish the courses in, ju in June. And then they have from July till December to start their internships. And they have to do at least a three months internship. It could be an arch architectural visualization. It can be architecture. It, it has to be something related, of course. Um, and then they have to develop a thesis. And it Next year, I think our thesis will be um, around mid-April. So it's a bit more than a year. So it, November you start and then you finish April the year after. That's, wait a second, you, it's a year and a half. So April, yeah. April, they're going to be finishing April 2023. Our guy from, yeah, the guys from this year will finish uh, April 2023. The guys from, from next year, they're going to finish this April. Yeah. Yes. They are now okay. doing their internships. Now we've placed all of them, I think. Yeah. And um, is it in English, the whole thing? Uh, I mean, officially it's in Italian uh, because um, the first part, mainly the modeling part and et cetera, is uh, held by Italian uh, teachers and professors. Uh, but we are trying to be international because it's not that you can do this job and look just in 
into Italy. So we are searching also professor, the best of the best from every place in the world. So we have like Peter Guthrie that started uh, teaching at our master last year. And he's like a god to me at least. <laughs> and uh, we have my golden. So of course they are teaching in English. <laughs> and uh, I think it's half English, half Italian right now. And um, for people who might be thinking that they want to try to join the um, the masters, um, Maddie, and they might be wondering about uh, joining you in Venice and moving in there. What is the cost of this master? Because it's still offered by a university which is public in my Knowledge. Yeah, but it's a postgraduate master, so you it's uh, six thousand euros. But you, I mean, if you're living in Italy, there are a lot of uh, scholarships that actually are, some of our students are covered by those scholarships. It depends on the region you're living in Italy. Um, for example, I also attended a master, not this one, another one, a postgraduate uh, while working. It was three years ago. Yes, three years ago. I decided that I wanted to uh, focus and learn a bit more about interior design and communication. So uh, I was working at Bloom and I asked them if I could take my Fridays off for a year or so. And they say, well, okay. And um, so I was working Monday to Thursday and then Friday and Saturday I was going to school university and at that point i won an um a scholarship from the university so it, for me it was uh 1k less so, so it was five thousand euros but compared to the others and consider that it's a year more than a year long and that we support the students all the way through also to to find jobs that's not so bad. I mean, I was comparing it to to the standard of Milan, for example, and talking to our students uh, last week. And the minimum you could find in Milan, for example, it's uh, 14,000 euro. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's worth it. It's a great investment. And um, and uh, yeah. how time consuming is you can still do it like you did. Uh, by still working or is it like a full immersion and you have to I mean I was burning out <laughs> so also because when I finished it it was not this master's as I told you so the, the workload was a, a bit less but still a lot because I was working on the things that I had to do for the master every Sunday so and also when I finished I was pregnant so the when I was uh it was March that I found out, April that I found out that I was pregnant and I, we had curses till June. And when I had my thesis to discuss, my son was three weeks weeks old. So that's something I wouldn't suggest to someone else, uh, but it's feasible, I guess. But um, actually it's uh, held on Fridays and Saturdays to allow people to work. Because, of course, uh, we know that it is expensive. So uh, also living in Venice, if you want to live in Venice, is expensive. So we have a lot of students that are working, but um, many of them around February, March, decided to drop the job and, and say, OK, now I just focus on this because in four or six months, I can actually have another job and that is going to be probably more rewarding than the one I'm doing now. But many of them actually finish 
uh, while working. So it, it it can be done. You have really have to have a strong will and uh, be very focused and organized. But I mean, my I mean, I'm, I'm thinking how to translate it to to English. My my grandma used to say, "What you want, it's what you can do." So if you really want it, you can really do it. So I, I think so too. So it's something like nothing is impossible. So. I, I can know, imagine maybe it's so naive and optimistic, no, but I think it's very hardcore because I imagine you're pregnant and being like, ah, oh, <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm gonna finish my. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, no, the most the, the actually it, it, the pregnancy part was not even the more difficult, even if I, I had nausea all the time, but uh, the most hardcore stuff was doing the. Um, the thesis discussion with my three weeks old son and my it was my husband with um, with the ba- baby wearing the, the kids so it was there I think I breastfed him 10 minutes before I had my discussion and we hadn't sleep in three weeks because he was really 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 not sleeping at that point so that was tough but I'm still here and now he's sleeping and um, but uh, but how how was it that that part of of like having um a kid in in um in that part of your life and in general in your life that's so i don't know you're very immersed into into <laughs> your profession or at least it sounds like this uh because mm-hmm. you do this for for work you started rendering mm-hmm. and then and, and, and you build a community and then you did a master and then now you teach as a master <laughs> and then like how in this whole um setup that you had uh, mm-hmm. you said okay let's have a kid too like <laughs> weren't well, actually, you I mean, weren't you afraid you won't have the opportunity and the time uh, to do all this, this stuff <laughs> anymore so let's be sincere First of all, I decided to have a kid when I got married, but he didn't arrive in, it took him two, uh, two years to, uh, to arrive. So it took me two years to, to get pregnant. And at that point I was like making, putting my life on pause. That's also why I was so scared about leaving Eve because I knew that I was trying to have a kid. So I said, what if life changes so much? Because my life as Eve was quite, relaxed. I mean, I was doing my job, but they were so structured and so organized that I didn't have to do many extra hours and things like that. And at that point, I didn't have any side jobs or anything. So at that point, I decided to have a kid. But he was not coming. So I said, okay, maybe I should live my life. And if he decided to show up at some point, that's good. If he's not, at least I've not waited for nothing and of course i wasn't expecting him to arrive while i was attending a master but that's what he decided and um and after that um let's be sincere part two because people think that when you decide to have a kid you have it the day after usually it's i mean sometimes it is many times it's not let's be sincere part two um i really struggle after having my kid so um, I, I don't know if it was really postpartum depression or something, but I definitely struggle a lot. Um, so when I was pregnant, uh, I was, I think I, I stopped working around my seventh month. Uh, I, 
when I got pregnant, I said, okay, I will work till I'm nine months because in Italy you have five, five months off and you can decide whether it's two months before having the kid and then three after, one month before, then four after, or you work to the end and then you have five months after. And uh, I said, no, I will work till I'm nine months pregnant and blah, blah, blah. That was the idea then it didn't really work like that because i had some travels during the end of my pregnancy and also i was working way too much um so i got pretty pissed at that point and i was thinking about quitting my job at bloom and also i was quitting thinking about quitting this job altogether because it was i i thought it was too stressful to to do, do this job and having a kid i couldn't imagine it doing the two things together then my the the kid arrived and it got even worse i would say because i i, I was really struggling i i couldn't see the, the end of it like my, my life coming back to kind of normal of course it's never going to be the same you have a kid now you are a mother so you cannot expect to be everything as it was before but i i wouldn't be able to see me being me again so it, it's it's weird because the brain the hormones and uh, it, it really changes you and really messes with you and uh i i really i was thinking about doing something else i i told it i think also on some other occasion i was thinking about moving to dog training or something so i really i really couldn't see myself doing this um also because it was really, really not sleeping. So I was tired as fuck. And, um, but then uh, imagine that when he started to be a bit bigger and I mean, it was four months old, not that big. In Italy, we got the, the lockdown, like the real lockdown. So we wouldn't oh. be allowed to even go out of our True. home. Not at all. Like, yeah, not I know, even. I know, I know, because my parents live there, so exactly so that was hardcore because it was actually just sleeping when we were walking around so being close in the house with him but yeah we we managed that and he started uh sleeping a bit through the day and then i had some time off and i couldn't do anything because i wasn't allowed to leave my house and uh, i started doing some personal projects for the first time in my life. I never thought about opening 3DS Max in my free time, never ever. And I started doing some personal projects and I think that kind of sparked the passion back into this job for me. And uh, I started experimenting new stuff and finding my, my kind of expression in it. That's something I never did before. Um, so this really was game changing for me. Uh, getting back the passion for this job. And after that, it's all about balancing. I know that my first priority is my kid and everything should revolve around him. Uh, he's going to the, the kita, the, the kindergarten in the, in the morning and I'm picking him up around three, half past three, uh, four. And I was lucky enough because when I got back to my job um, at Bloom, I told them I, I I did this kid. Now I want to take care of him. You know, it's not like I want to work till six or seven or eight in the evening. 
And I told them I would like to reduce my working hours. And they allowed me to do that. So I'm working six hours. Most of the time it's seven, but I start. The, the Bloom around. people must really like you because <laughs> every, <laughs> every, I don't know, every couple of years you go to them <laughs> with another crazy request. <laughs> like, uh, okay, guys, we're moving to Italy. And yeah, I imagine them being exactly. like, really? Okay, we want to keep you. <laughs> then after two years, okay, guys, I don't want to work Fridays. Okay. <laughs> and then, okay, guys, I want to work less work. Uh, probably the next step will be like, hey, guys, uh, why don't you just pay me and leave me alone? <laughs> to live my life. No, yeah, no, they are actually, I think we find our balance also because I think I'm as productive as I would do in eight hours because most of the time I work in seven hours because I start around 8.30 and I stop around half past three. Most of the time I don't have a lunch break. So in the end it's seven hours. Uh, and um, yeah, they must like me. They don't say that, but no, I know they do. No, I'm just joking. But yeah, and um, that's the main thing for me is, uh, so that's my main job and that my kid is my main priority. And all the other things I have to figure out where to place them. Luckily, uh, I have uh, a husband that is a really good father, so we shared a lot of things um, and responsibilities, as it should be. But uh, it's not always like that, unfortunately. Um, so like to, tonight, to be here, we just switched. <laughs> we arrived to my place, to our place, and is now with the kid and now back here in the office. But uh, it is not easy. It's not that I can be all the time with him, of course, because when I'm at university and these kind of things, um, sometimes I'm nearly burned out. Um, but I try, I think I'm really good and I'm closing. So when, when I leave this office, when I leave Bloom Images, I'm not thinking about it anymore. Uh, it's it's not easy for for everyone, but I, I work like this, and also with Madi, that's not that easy because it's always on my phone. There's always something happening on my mobile, but most of the time when I'm with my kid, my my mobile stays on a shelf, and I don't even watch it. So I know that like, luckily the uh, Alberto, it's, it's his name is um, like a kind of German kid, so he goes to sleep super soon that it's not that common in italy but it's pretty common in other countries so at 7 7 30 is in bed which is pretty good uh, uh, i made him pretty good and um <laughs> so after that <laughs> i taught him good and after that uh i can do stuff so i have the the evening to do to do the other stuff and uh, yeah, of course, I'm lucky because we also have our the grandparents, like my parents, Andrea's parents, in the nearby. So when it's happening that Andrea has to work and I also have to work more than usual, they can step in. But I, I try to make it an exception, not, not a normality, I would say. Mm, and how do you feel after having a kid... Um... Do you feel like also that 
I don't know. I have this impression usually um, <laughs> at the office because I work um, at the office, and um, mm -hmm. I'm always I'm very very much pro giving the opportunity to people who are parents. Uh, no matter if they're moms or dads, to have this uh, mm -hmm. mobile working possibility where uh, they work from home if it's needed and be flexible. Mm -hmm. In the end of the day, I think, I mean, architectural field is a little bit behind on that uh, aspect. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There is some sort of mistrust or maybe because, you know, if you don't deliver the project, a lot of money are involved. I, I probably think that's the reason why people want to stay mm -hmm. in control um but um yeah and i have the feeling that all the parents uh, in particular uh, the moms they have this like really they really really focus on the work and mm -hmm. and but they don't give so much importance to anything that's going on in the office like some drama in the office or like drama mm -hmm. by drama i don't only mean project drama but also no, no. also like drama between colleagues in they're very very like yeah whatever and uh, they, <laughs> yeah. they leave and they always like because they have to go pick the kid or whatever mm -hmm. and um do you think when you have a kid like everything else a little bit stays important for you because it's your passion maybe mm -hmm. but fades like in a way you're like getting mad at it or involved emotionally into it in a sense all the like you have like okay i did yeah. my stuff i have to go back and mm -hmm. i have my kid that i like to care or take care of or yeah. they're way more important things i mean of course having a kid put things in perspective i can see that with andrea too like it was working way much more and um I think it makes you more efficient because, like, if he wants to say goodnight to his kid, you know that he, he cannot stay to the office till nine o'clock. So, of course, it, it happens sometimes, and uh, it's I'm not blaming him because sometimes you, you really can't control the, the things that are happening in this job. Uh, but I think I always thought, um, try to, to see things from the outside, even if, before I had a kid, like and to put some boundaries you know because uh and that's something that i did also before and that my bosses used to told me uh, you are too german because <laughs> about that stuff because uh you put too much boundaries to the clients too but that's what i what i always done because what i always say is, is that our job is not saving lives nobody's going to die if we deliver i mean i never deliver anything late that's something, uh, of course, for me, it's really important to always be on time and be reliable. But I know that if they're going to ask me for a last minute change, nothing is going to change. If I can do it, I would gladly do it. If it makes no sense, if I should stay another two hours to make that people's person short blue instead of red, nothing is going to change. So if it's feasible, I will do it. If it makes no sense, I will let them know that it makes no sense. So I think it's uh, it's more about that, putting things in, into perspective. And I think that, like for example, for Andrea, having a kid, it it helped him putting things more into perspective because he is also his priority, of course. For me, I've always been a bit like that. I like my job, but it's, it's my job. And... Um, and my client won't suffer 
if I was a doctor, things would be different, but I'm really not a doctor and they're not going to suffer if uh, that sky is not that blue or that cloud is moved in another place or things like that. But I, I, I hear what you say. I mean, I, I think that, of course, uh, I told you that having a kids, it's not like you can think that your life is going to be the same. And the way you work, it's not going to be the same. But for me, it always made, it also made me, I think, more multitasking, even much more before than before. So I can focus a lot. And I tell you that working eight hours, sometimes you know that you have a bit more time. So maybe you allow yourself to deconcentrate a little bit. And also I'm working with Andrea. It's not like we're going to have a coffee break or anything. We're working all the time. The only thing we do is, I think you can, you can see there is this the, a dog bed there because we also have a dog. So that's what takes us outside during the day. So we have this 10, 15 minutes walk <laughs> during the lunch break sometimes. But uh, we are very focused. And I, when I was working um, in the office, I used to chit-chat much more. I have to say that. <laughs> so I also think that working from home makes things. I mean, I'm not working from home right now because I'm in between moving, but usually I work from home. But working not in the office uh, makes you uh, more focused because you don't hear other people screaming or the drama that you were talking about. I see a little bit of that because, of course, we're sharing uh, as much as possible with some platforms in our office. But um, that also helps to, to stay concentrated. But uh, you said you're now at the office. How does that work? Did you guys rent an office where you go to work, or is like yes? Is there Bloom Images Italy officially, or no, no, no? It's uh, it's just a temporary thing. It's a shared uh, space. It's a, like a co-working. We have this this room, but the, the place is uh, a co-working, uh, and it's just because we are in between moving into from our old house to our new house. We never know what we're going to be in because we're waiting since two years, but at some point it's going to happen, I think. Uh, but usually I work from home. So when we get the good internet connection in that home, we will say goodbye to this place. And uh, how is going to be the new, is it now your first uh, property home and... Uh... Uh, it's going to be yes um yes but and, we've been suffering a lot and did you apply all the um, the skills that you gathered in your interior master now to the new home of course, <laughs> of course. i have the model since the first day we saw that house i think and um uh, uh, yeah of course i mean i have render of, of, of every corner of that house and uh, the kitchen, I have renders. I, I, if I show you the kitchen, how it is, it's exactly how it was supposed to be. Um, and the, uh, the next room I'm really excited about is the kid room. So it's going to be cool, I think. So if you, if you, if you want, I, I can make you a purpose. I do this kind of purpose to many of my guests. Uh, <laughs> you can um, send me the um, images of your first portfolio. Uh, if you have that because i always mm. think it's nicer to see like your first portfolio because now it's easy okay. now it's easy to say she has worked uh, there Oof. and there and if you have the first portfolio 
because I think it's, it's an issue. I think you can find. I think maybe I made it private. I can share with you. Yeah, I and I know I'll put it on the Instagram. But just with you. I know I'll put it on the Instagram <laughs> so that all the people that are like discouraged or think, oh, I'm not good enough or something, okay. they're going to be seeing mm. your portfolio and be like, oh, she sucked too back in the days. So we can... <laughs> she make... really did. Oh, she sucked big time. Yeah, okay. Why not? And, and, mean, and then whatever. now, we, and then we can share the images of your new home as how you improved. Uh, you ended <laughs> up buying yourself a house by working this job. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm still. I still need a mortgage. You know, it's not like I can buy it all on my own or Andreas. But uh, yeah, whatsoever, it's still something. <laughs> it's still something. Yeah. No, I think. Um, I think this is uh, a really cool, uh, a really cool thing. And um, to go back to render it how, now. So mm -hmm. render it. How often? How often um, do you do? Uh, usually, a new episode. I mean, now that you're in between. Um, in between moving houses, I know that it's hard and I'm super grateful that uh, uh, you got to do the Creative Insider. Um, but yeah, how often you release it? Where can people go yeah, and actually, find an episode? Uh, uh, I, at the beginning, I really had a tight schedule. Then it got a bit blurred in between motherhood and other things. I tried to do... I tried when I was doing it for real, uh, once or twice a month. And I'm planning to be back to it. Uh, but um, yeah, when I will have that house with that internet connection, you will understand it because rendered interviews will be back. Uh, I, I'm still trying to, to keep rendered it alive. Like for the first time, uh, I managed to co-organize an event a couple of weeks ago uh, with uh, Filippo Zordan and uh, we did it here in Padua in person and uh, the main theme and connecting idea was about talking about Unreal Engine and um, but uh, yeah we also talked about Arcvis and it was the first time for me and that was something I really wanted to do since quite a lot of time and I think we were in the end more than 40 people in person and 20 something following from home. So that was something really nice. And that's something I would like to do again, but uh, I have to find a balance uh, in which I stop saying yes to everything that my minds think about and say, stop for a second, please. <laughs> Let's prioritize. And you cannot do everything at the same time. But yeah, I think also organizing event it's something in the future of Renderit. But let's take it slow. <laughs> and um, is Renderit just uh, some passion project also that you have started just for this lack of connecting uh, with other people in Italy in the field? Or did you manage to to monetize it somehow so far, a part of getting no. a job out of it? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, not at all. I think I should, but I never do. And like, for example, I, I shared a lot of uh, job um, application, not, not application, but job offers. And every time someone asked me, could you please share it? And I know that maybe I could make money out of it, but I can't. I, I'm not able to. At some point I should, and they will be disappointed because they are so used to come to me and I just say yes to everything. 
but it's something I really started just for myself and I like to share. So maybe one day I'll think about monetizing it. But so far, it's just out of good heart. No, you have to get lucrative. I'm going to help you with the communication. You can say everybody like, hey, everybody, thank you for sending me so many messages with your jobs, opportunities that you're offering. But due to the limited time I have, I'm not going to be lo any longer able to, to post it on my Instagram unless you don't pay XY. Yeah, nah. I know, I know. No, but I already, I know, I already got info about that, how the others do it do it i know i should get something about it but still um i i think um i don't know i, I don't need those less money and I, I mean of course i would need them but, but uh it's not that they're going to change my life that much and i like what i do but maybe one day i will do a business plan for real i and just when when i will understand what i want to do with Madrid. so far it's just going with the flow, as I told you. But so all the interviews are in Italian, right? Yeah. And uh, is it also in video? Is it on YouTube? Or is it yeah. uh, mainly, is it also on the uh, podcasting platforms like... Uh, no, no. It started as a YouTube thing and it's still just there. Oh, then maybe we can uh, help you expand <laughs> on the other platforms. <laughs> I can help you yeah. off offline how to how to turn it into <laughs> into Spotify and so on, because uh, maybe maybe because the Creative Insider started as an audio um, an, mm -hmm. an audio podcast for the simple fact that I'm uh, lazy and I didn't want to learn <laughs> how to edit videos, but now I'm like okay yeah. maybe I should start doing it video too, and that's why we're recording now the videos mm -hmm. and and hopefully soon they will be all on youtube um, okay and um and yeah so i'm doing basically the reverse uh, the reverse thing of yeah. you but i'm always pro monetization for the simple fact that <laughs> i do it because i like it and i don't make any mm -hmm. money out of it so far yeah. uh, but it's nice you know it's rewarding that you have started something as just a hobby and then you get those I don't know the restaurant money at least out of it you know <laughs> yeah I know I, so far for me it's the rewarding thing is uh, getting the feedback from the people and meeting those people and knowing that that made a change for them in their lives so I might be naive a bit uh, might be that uh, but that's already enough rewarding for me so far let's see in the future something is going to happen maybe i don't have a plan right now but um yeah the, it, i think that rendering uh render it work wise has been the most rewarding thing i've ever done and now the the mali thing is also adding to that but um yeah like i had a student last year and um he almost moved me to tears and I hope he's listening to that. If he's not, I will beat him badly. No, I'm joking. But uh, he told me, Lisa, you have been through my my path all the time because I, I had a job I was not really into. And then I found out Render It and I found out the master. And then I decided to apply 
And actually, I was not sure he was going to make it because it was expensive for him. And I found a scholarship for him, but actually, in the end, it didn't work out. He applied anyway. And uh, it was my first year in Madi, so I was there also through his path. And I was there when he found a, an amazing job opportunity. And um, I'm so proud of him. And when he told me that, uh, I mean, how I could place put money on, on something like that. So, yeah. Uh, all, all in knowing that I changed just one person's life because he told me if it wasn't for Rendered, I would have known how to start something like that. I would follow that passion. So what can I say? I'm, I'm maybe pretty romantic on, the, on this aspect of life still. But yeah. But no, this is the whole thing. It's also what we try to... To do because as i started it also because of my you know uh i always think how lucky i was that i ended up in the situation where i am now mm -hmm. uh, my grandma says always you work for your own luck and that's true because you yeah, kind of work definitely. and you happen in the situation where the opportunity yeah. presents itself um, but i wanted to you know talk to people who are maybe already working or who mm -hmm. are still studying or who are working and thinking about starting something on their own yeah. that they don't have to be frustrated they have to just they will have now the opportunity to listen to the background stories of many people that have mm -hmm. a, a, each one have found their own um their own way to to find fulfillment and i say fulfillment exactly because as you as we talk through this conversation it's not only about doing the right job there are so many mm -hmm. pieces that have to like yeah. it's about living in the right place because you weren't happy in in germany or mm -hmm. uh, talking to the right people because you didn't have people mm -hmm. to talk to um yeah. family you know like your family it's the most important thing um so yeah that was the whole point to say that okay you shouldn't be focused on one shitty aspect of your life <laughs> you, of you should broaden up and um and look around and there will be people that are likewise i guess yeah i mean i was also listening to to a talk um a while ago and this person was saying if you have more than one job it doesn't have to be a job job like for me render it it, it it's, you can call it a job, but nobody's paying for me for that. But if you have more than one thing that that is going on, then if one of those is working shitty that day, then you still have to look uh, the other way and say, I mean, I built all of that. I'm still working on that. That that is still working. The another day would be better for this thing. So having more than one one way to look at uh, it's always easier. Of course, it's not for everyone to do all the things that I do because um, I'm like that. I'm like a squirrel. I'm always running around. So uh, it's, it's not that I'm suggesting to anybody to do all that stuff, but uh, it could be nice to have something on the side that could bring you a bit more of fulfillment if at this point your main job is not giving you that, for example yeah or inspiration or yeah yeah that's uh, something that i always uh also uh stress the listeners to try to do if they they really want to and to just do like you just try out and uh, and see if they like it 
uh well um i want to i want to give you the opportunity to go back home on a uh, <laughs> decent time tonight um so i will go with the with the last question that i always try to ask to every guest on the podcast which is yeah um Everybody, as we were saying now, have their moment of, uh, I don't know, uh, especially creatives of frustration or a little bit of depression mm -hmm. and lack of inspiration. And I mm -hmm. was wondering if you can think about, it uh, doesn't have to be all of these things, but maybe a mm -hmm. movie, a song, a podcast or a sport, some activity that you like to do uh, that gives mm -hmm. you back this energy, this creative energy. And um, do you have something like that? Yeah. So I have one main thing. I mean, I have another one, but it was traveling and it hasn't been a while uh, since I traveled, but um, it's going to the mountains. Like I'm, I'm lucky enough. That's something that I was really missing when I was in Berlin. It's uh, going hiking and uh, taking photographs. Maybe yes, maybe not. But going hiking, that's something that really gives me energy and uh, so being surrounded by nature and uh, i mean i i'm living close to the dolomites so I'm, i'm pretty lucky because the nature is amazing back there but that's the main thing for me that was uh, in this period me and Rea has been really stressed because of this house thing that i was telling you and uh, that's something we haven't done in a while and that's something i can really feel that i'm missing that kind of relax moment that breathing that kind of hair and that looking at, at those kind of colors and lights and listening to those sounds so that's something definitely that i miss that i also other things i listen to a lot of music i like to go to concerts but um those are also maybe energy consuming what really brings back the energy in me it's it's going to the mountains Yeah, that sounds uh, cool. Uh, I always like to um, to go to the mountains too. I was a lot in the mountains this year because, you know, on the beach there are a lot of people, but in the mountains you're uh, more lonely and uh, you yeah. more private and it puts everything yeah. into perspective when you walk through these mm -hmm. huge trees and then you, you go up in the fresh air. So I think it's uh, nobody said the mountains uh, so far. So I think that's oh, a, really? it's a cool, it's a cool <laughs> I'm tip. a simple person. I'm sorry. Sim <laughs> yeah, but no, it's <laughs> simple, but busy. Yeah, simple, but busy. <laughs> well, then, Lisa, thank you very much. Last but not least, where people can get in touch with you and find more about you online. Uh, mainly, I think Instagram. Um, active there i mean most of the time if someone writes me there um get back as soon as i can so it's easy because there's nobody else with my name so lisa de la dora it's just like that and uh yeah that's it yeah and i'll be putting all the links in the description down in the podcast so just people can scroll downwards and and find the link and maybe uh drop you a line So, Lisa, Perfect. thank you very much and um, have thanks. a good evening. Thank you. Thank you and thanks to everybody for listening so far. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Hey there. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast episode. You've been amazing and thank you for the support. 
Uh, I wanted to tell you that if you like what we do and you want us to put on uh, our chair or in front of us more and more creatives that are more and more famous and successful, uh, we would like to do that. And uh, But in order to do that, we need your help. So it would be awesome if you could help us growing our family, our community by resharing this podcast, by following our social media channels, which are at TCI Podcast on Instagram, in the Creative Insider page on LinkedIn, uh, and reshare our social media posts there. And if you want to support us by creating better content and give us a little bit of resource, you can find the link below to offer us a little bit uh, of money for a coffee. So it's just going to be a one-time donation via PayPal. And uh, but the most important is that you enjoy the, the show and that if you want us to grow our family and community, you share about it with friends and family. Thank you very much and have a good week. Yo, bye bye. <laughs>